Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. I am Sykes and this is my podcast. Now before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode with Andre of Crash Tide Clothing. If you're one of the people who checked out that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Now today on the show, we got my friend Derek, otherwise known as the Homeless Gospel Choir. And for those of you that don't know Derek, he is a musician, an artist, and just an all-around cool dude. I've known Derek for about a year and a half or two years now, and this is actually his second time being on the show. Today is episode 97 of Start the Beat, and the last time Derek was on the show was episode 51. So it was pretty much about halfway through the show's lifespan, which is pretty neat, I think. I don't know, little fun fact, but that's not why we're here, not talking about me, we're here to talk about Derek. And I don't really got a whole lot to say, this is just kind of a follow-up of our last conversation, so you could go back and listen to that first, but if you don't want to, just know that this is a conversation dealing a lot with being an independent artist and struggling with, I think, aging as you remain an independent artist and uh, trying to divide your time appropriately between, you know, the things that you have to do with your life, the things that you want to do to make your art successful, and then how difficult it becomes to socialize in your scene as you get older. That's kind of like a whole lot of where this conversation went. It was cool. You know, I talked to a good bit of people that are a generation underneath me on the show. So it's always a little bit refreshing to talk to somebody in like a similar place mentally as me. I think me and Derek see eye to eye on a lot of stuff when it comes to being an independent artist. And yeah, that's enough of that. How about we just get into the conversation with Derek? Sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat! We're rocking and rolling, so okay. we were talking about how promoting physical product has changed yeah. in the past two and a half years, and you brought up that you've noticed a change in it. Yeah. So that would be probably a good place to start. Sure. Since you're getting ready to, I mean, it's going to be some time, but you're recording an album, yeah. you're going to be releasing it, and in the midst of all this bullshit, you got to figure out your marketing strategies and things like that. How are you going to release this? What hype train are you going to jump on to get people interested? Yeah. I, I, I just don't know what works. Like I, I wouldn't know as somebody who makes art for a living and makes music for a living. How do you get somebody to buy the cow when they get the milk for free? 
Yeah. You listen to it for free on the internet all you want. If somebody really wants to find the new Sykes record or whatever, in three minutes I can have it downloaded on my phone. Easily. Right now. Yeah. For free. And once I've listened to it a dozen times, what's going to force me to get up off of myself and like with my money that I don't have much of, give it to you and buy something that I already have for free? You need to make like a, a unique physical product that extends past what it is. The immediate gratification of listening to something new. Yeah. Absolutely. But <clears throat> I think I'm just going to try just the, the same old ways of always just trying to make it the best that I can and the same, same way that anyone else of sound mind would make a musical arrangement and yeah. just make it as good as they can make it and then just let it kind of speak for itself and just go out and just ask people, say, hey, if you enjoy this music and this is something that you believe in and you want to see independent music continue to be a viable piece of our culture, uh, maybe consider buying it. Sure. It's free for you. Here, you can just go to the site and, and, and listen to it for free. But if you want to like have the art, if you want to have a piece of it and like put it on your wall, or you want to have it and like show the people that are in your life this art that you value, then buy it. I'm just going to try that approach. I think I don't know. I think, <laughs> I think it's the most honest, and I think it's like the most grassroots way that I could possibly do it. So, have you ever thought about not releasing your album online and being like, if you want this, it's physical only? I've seen people do that. And I've seen that go very well. I've seen people do that, and I've seen it go very poorly. I think if you have a rabid loyal following, and you were to say, we made this piece of music, and if you want to listen to it, great. It only comes on a cassette tape. I don't think it's selling any copies, but if you were Radiohead, you would. People would go out, and people would buy a cassette player to listen to that record. People would not go out and buy an 8-track machine to listen to a homeless gospel choir record, though. No fucking way. No. But if you have a demand and there's a buzz for your band and you have this thing and it's a limited thing and you have like this, you build this hype about it, maybe somebody would buy... I, I don't know how any of that, that were. I'm so... I mean, I have a hard time telling people to go back to the table to, you know, to come and see me. I mean, I say it at every show to say, hey, if you want to buy a record, I'll be back there. I'd love to have your money. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Would you say something like that, don't you? Like, even in your shows. I mean, you have to say, hey, if you think that this t-shirt that this kid's wearing is cool, I got about 60 of them back there in a box. <laughs> um, even for even for the, the really tall folks, we have double XL. Um, come on back and get yourself a new, uh, a new fashion item. Uh, think about a band that you really like. You really love. We'll just say, we'll just say Me Without You. Because maybe that's a, there's a poster of them right there. Yeah. I like Me Without You enough. That if they said, hey, we have uh, four songs that we recorded when we put out the record Catch For Us The Foxes, four songs that no one's ever heard of before. The only way you can get these four songs, which is my favorite record of theirs, P.S., Catch For Us The Foxes, the only way you can get these four songs that we recorded the same time that we recorded this record is if you buy a 7-inch. We have 10,000 copies of it, 10,000 of our fans can have it, and that's what it is that we're doing. I'm pretty sure that they would sell out of those seven inches, those four songs. Because I can I can be fairly certain that 10,000 people loved Catch for Us the Foxes. Oh, yeah. I find myself in between the two. Digital's not, that's not going away. We can release stuff on physical media all it's we want. It's huge. It's but huge. we got to play ball. Yeah. That's like, how do you play ball and maintain some sort of financial stability sure. as an artist in the digital age? Okay. 
So there's this band that I recently came across. They just had this little teeny song up and I heard it and I thought it was like, I thought it was genius. I thought the song was really genius. Really, it's like a punk thing. The drums and the bass were like super jazzy. So it's kind of like, I don't mean to say the Smiths because that's inappropriate. Um, it was good. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. It was, it was okay. a really great band. I went to their website and I just bought the record. There was one song you can hear here and it was already the song that I knew. And I went to their thing and it says, we have a new record coming out in July. Click here if you want us to ship you one. So I was like, cool. I like this one song enough that I would buy the whole record because that, but that's me because I'm a consumer of music. So, I mean, do you think a lot of the problem could very possibly be not so much people aren't buying music, but maybe a lot of artists are just putting out music that really isn't worth anyone's money. And nobody necessarily wants to say that. Like, you don't want to devalue anyone's art. Sure. But it's like, if it's good enough, people are going to gravitate is, towards it. Is it okay to say that everyone should make art, but not everybody should expect to make a living off of their art? Yeah. I think everybody should make art. I think it's great therapy. I think it's great that if you, you paint or you color or you draw or you sing or you write short stories or whatever, make it, man. Show it to your friends. Show it to your family. I think if your friends and your family are honest with you and you are you want to be this aspiring poet and you write this poetry and, and your poetry is absolute shit and you're like, hey, man, I think I'm going to quit my job. I got these poems I want to go out on the road with and I'm just going to go ahead and face the wind head on and I'm going to take over the world and with my poems. I'd probably say, hey, man, we're not best friends, but we're good enough friends for me to go ahead and say, your poems are need some work before you quit your job. Before you quit your job and make it out there. Yeah. So some people should... I think everybody should be making art. I think everybody... Um, if you expect to make a living off of your art, I don't think that that would be a fair expectation for everybody to say that they can live full-time off the art that they make if everybody is to make art and create. Yeah. Now, you've been doing this stuff for quite some time. Yes. And kind of like going back to getting ready to put out an album how many albums do you have out right now as this is my, gospel choir this is my third this will be my third release uh, this will be my third official full-length lp on vinyl on vinyl as the homeless gospel choir do you do does af do cds do you guys do cds oh uh, we do um we i found out on on some of my most recent touring that i've done uh to younger audiences i would sell cds to records maybe eight to one 10 to 1, like young kids, I would say teenage kids, yeah. aren't buying vinyl, but they'll buy a $10 CD. Yeah, you know, I'm noticing an increase in CD sales as well, just across what I'm doing. I think the vinyl thing's bursting, like like the hype's dying down there. People, There's always going to be people that are into it, but that like, that peak, that like 2012, 2013, when everybody was buying records, like that shit is going down. Big time. Really, really big. Um, my friend Chris went to South by Southwest for the technology week that they have down there. <clears throat> and he went to the music like department of it, to like the music tent where they're talking about like music industry shit. And they pulled up a statistic and they showed what sales were at the year prior and what sales were at this year. You know, the biggest selling musical item last year was it's going to blow your mind cassette tapes. Okay. Cassette tapes grew exponentially faster than every other medium because it was new and it was fun. It was hot and we were always making cassette tapes. But like record albums have kind of stayed the same. Vinyl, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, digital always climbs up a little bit every year. But um, cassettes were, were, like a, were like a really big, huge thing. Um, as far as me making, a, you know, AF, this next release, 
Um, chances are good we're going to do it all. We're going to make every medium possible. Yeah. Download cards, CDs, cassettes, vinyl, probably do everything. And that way, um, no matter what type of art you prefer, to what medium of art you prefer, there'll be something for you. If you don't want to have any physical copies at all, well, I'm going to send you a postcard with a, with a picture of my face on it. And then you, there'll just be a download code on the back and that'll be the piece of art that you have from the record. You can put it up on your wall. And maybe you're a really weird, nerdy cassette. I mean, look at all the cassettes that I have in my office. I mean, there's a, there's a ton of them here. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe I love cassettes. Maybe you're a cassette guy and you want to buy the cassette because you love the shitty quality of 90s alternative rock. Uh, <laughs> but Or maybe you're like one of those crazy vinyl collectors and you want to have every color of every vinyl that comes out. You know, we want to make sure that um, that it's a, it, the art is available for you in whatever medium you prefer to buy them. And I know that probably sounds like a big, huge corporate answer to get people to buy my art, but that's the answer that I have. <laughs> <laughs> now, outside of writing music, yeah. playing music... yeah. What are you into? Like what? Like what are some like hobbies outside of okay? Because I don't know if we really talked about this I before. Think I think we just kind of. I think the last time we talked because this is our second conversation sure. for anyone that's just listening now. We this do. Is, there's another one. This is part two. Yeah, this is round two. But I think we were like really like kind of just like you looked deep. more handsome. Now oh, thank than you. you. Did back then. I just want to share that with you. Thank you. I really and the, appreciate and that. the listening guests too. Yeah. Um. You you you've grown to be smarter and more and more attractive. So. You're getting better with age, just like a fine wine or a nice uh, cheese. <laughs> yeah, I think... Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, I think that we <coughs> talked a lot about uh, more like the uh, like DIY culture and being like yeah. an independent artist and all that stuff. But <coughs> you have to have some sort of a life outside of yeah, all music. of this. Yeah, I do. Um, I, well, I used to have a life outside of it. <laughs> I can proudly say that I've been... Um, uh, I'm celebrating seven months of sobriety from alcohol. That's right, yeah. Uh, which is something I'd never be able to say. I never thought I'd ever be able to say something like that before. Um, <clears throat> I. Um, what was the start of that? Like what? Um, oh man, well, in 1983, I was born and given unto the world. Um, uh, to us, a child is given. To us, a son is born. Um, yeah. About seven months ago, I played a, an acoustic uh, David Bowie cover set at the Smiling Moose with some of my friends that uh, are in Anti-Flag. And I played a couple songs, and people thought that my songs were really nice, and they, they liked it so much that they thought that it'd be a good idea to buy me some drinks. And I took those drinks, and I drank um, more than my fair share of alcohol that night. Um, in my estimation, uh, I would say maybe a fifth and a half of gin altogether which is a lot for one person to consume in like three hours. Yeah. And um, I, I got blackout drunk and I walked out of the Smiling Moose with my guitar and I walked right in the middle of East Carson Street and I must got hit by a bus. And um, the bus came and it was like right, kind of like, uh, you know, in the movie Home Alone, whenever the, 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 the van gets right up to Kevin's face. Yeah. And that part when, when, with Joe Pesci or whatever. Um, <clears throat> it was kind of like that. And I looked at the bus windshield and I said, well, you watch it, motherfucker. And I was, I started talking to the bus, like, you tried to run into me, man. And my wife just grabbed me by the back of my, by the back of my shirt and dragged me to the Uber and took me home. And I was like, you know, why are you so upset? She's like, I don't want to talk about it right now. We can talk about it tomorrow. And I said, okay. And um, we just had like a regular old fashioned, like adult conversation where she said, um, when we met and we committed to be together, um, this was not part of the equation, this type of behavior. And I feel that I'm, I'm afraid that if um, 
things like this were to continue, um, I, I don't necessarily know that I'd be valued. And I don't think I would be able to participate in a life with you if you are going to <clears throat> continue to behave this way. Yeah. So I had to make a decision that I either wanted to continue to drink and continue to behave in that in an unsavory manner, or I wanted to <clears throat> stay married. I just chose to be married. I just chose to try uh, try and um, put away some of that those bad behaviors. And I, it's been nothing but a great benefit and a blessing to me. Um, I uh, yeah, it's been awesome. So just working on that, like doing like sober shit, like going to the park. I walk like 10 miles every day, um, either walk or jog 10 miles every day now. Um, I don't eat, I don't eat any dairy anymore. That's new. Okay. Um, <clears throat> well, let's just be honest. If I'm in Squirrel Hill and I see minios, I might, <laughs> I might sneak a slice. Yeah, you're, 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 but that's just between me, you, the walls and everybody on the internet. <laughs> um, but yeah, just like trying to eat better. Yeah, it's um, <clears throat> controlling your intake, consuming yeah. less. Yeah, um, I do that. Um, uh, my my mother in law owns a lot of land um, in <clears throat> like forty minutes away in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. And I go up there with a chainsaw and I cut down trees. I like to do that. Okay, um, is that like that. like stress relief? It's the best. If you just go into the woods and I just have a tractor with a bed on it and I just go and I cut up all the fallen trees and then I. Load them onto the back of the tra the tractor, and I just take them and I, and I stack them all up by the garage, and that's just what I do for like hours. And I go inside, and when I'm thirsty, and I get a glass of water, and whenever I gotta pee, I just pee out there in the woods. And it's just like there's all this work that needs to be done, so I just go ahead and I've just been doing it. Um, <clears throat> in regards to like manual labor and things like that, um, I like to make art. I make this really weird trippy geometrical art um, that I that I um, I make that. Is that something that you've been doing for a while? Um, or no. is it like a, a more new It's a newer endeavor? thing. Um, <clears throat> so, um, I would have pockets of time where I wasn't on tour, and I don't, um, I don't have a boss. So um, I would have free time, like a lot of it. And I was like, well, I've always wanted to just make art. And then I saw on Craigslist that somebody was like selling a whole art set of these like really expensive art supplies for like $15. So I just said, hey, um, I have 15 bucks, but I have 20 bucks if you deliver it to my house. And they're like, yeah, I'll come. So they dropped all this art stuff off and just started making some art, painting and drawing and things like that. And I'm not like classically trained or never went to any type of art school or whatever. Yeah. But I know what I like to look at and I just try and make that. I tend to find that the more interesting art comes from people that weren't trained. Yeah. So I feel like it comes from a more pure place mm -hmm. rather than uh, being super focused on like techniques and what's right and what's wrong. It's just like what looks good. Yeah. And that comes from music too. A lot of people mm -hmm. that aren't classically trained, it's just not about like, oh, does that chord structure make sense? Or yeah. those notes right together? I don't know, but it sounds good. Yeah. So I mean, not to not to go ahead and just say the greatest band of all time, but the Beatles did a lot of that stuff. Like whenever they were like, and you know, when you go to see, <clears throat> have you ever played the drums before? Yeah. On the bass drum, there's a hole in the bass drum. The Beatles invented that. They're like, we want to really get a really good close sound of the bass drum, and then John Lennon was like, well, let's just cut the hole out of it and let's just put the put the microphone like right in there. And that's just like one little thing, but like they weren't classically trained. They couldn't read music. They didn't know like, hey, can you play, can you play this piece of music? They wouldn't be able to do it. And they were just like four young blokes from Liverpool that changed the world with radical rock and roll music. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't know how much like 
drinking and stuff may have been a part of your life previous to you quitting. Yeah. But I'm interested to know like how this process has maybe affected your art and your songwriting. Um, that's a great, that's a great, um, question to ask. Um, my songwriting has been affected differently. Well, I would say within the last two years, um, the way that I write songs, uh, especially for this new record, this new record is, is not autobiographical. This record is about a character that looks and talks and acts a lot like me. Okay. But isn't, it's not, I'm not speaking on my own behalf, okay. which is similarly to the way the last record was written. Like that there's a song in the last record called when the war is over. Um, to be clear, I was never involved in world war two. I'm far too young to, to be involved in world war two. So sometimes people would hear a song like, well, who are you to talk about world war two? You weren't there. Well, it's just an artistic interpretation of this one event that I'd like to just make up this song about or whatever. So, um, this next part of it and me writing and me being sober even writing some of it is about um there's been like this really um it's been an interesting time for me because i've uh there's been a distance like an, an intentional distance not on my own accord or of my own will of a distance between me and like a group of friends i used to have okay and like friends uh, that were maybe connected to certain lifestyle uh behaviors like yeah just i mean just friends i've had for a long time and like people who are very very close to me and um uh in the last two years our relationship has drastically changed in in a way that i don't um i have no contact with them anymore yeah and even on my best day of like sending a text or an email or a phone call or a voicemail or any of those things them not being returned enough that i'm like well maybe they just don't um i like me so I started to write some songs about that, but not in my voice, okay. in the voice of this character. Yeah. So it's um that's been really unique because I've never I've never really written songs, I've never written songs like that before, and I think being sober has given me an ability to 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 to, to use a, a greater measure of clarity and actually saying the things that I actually want to say, instead of saying the things that like first pops into my head and like oh that that'll work. Like sure. I'm really, I'm, 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 I'm actually able to focus and actually write the narrative instead of just take a bunch of cool sayings that just like happen to like get vomited out of my mouth. Yeah. And like, oh, that'll work. Yeah. I've kind of taken this approach in the past couple of years to like think about like, I always like wrote very selfishly, mm -hmm. which I think is, I mean, it's, it's your art, do what you want with it, you sure. know, but there's been this part of me that's like, well, this is going to enter somebody's ears and trying to think about how they're going to perceive it and how it's going to make me look as a person, mm -hmm. which is something that I used to not really think of. And now like looking at some stuff that I've written in the past and like, wow, I seem like a really unhappy, miserable person. Mm -hmm. And maybe back then part of me was, but I'm not that person anymore. Sure. So it's like trying to write things that are more positive or more relatable to somebody that's listening. Sure. You know, like, but still like my own voice, like I still want this to be me. I'm not writing for other people, mm -hmm. but you know, just trying to write things that are going to be enjoyable to sure. listen to. Sure. And it's thinking about thinking outside of yourself when creating your art. I even think about the way that like I, I consume art and music now yeah. as much differently. Like 
we talked about this this same exact band the last time we did an interview, and it's just funny that we're going to talk about it now. But Bane did their last tour ever, and I love that band. Capital L love Bane. But I didn't go to their last show in Pittsburgh, and I could have, and I should have, but I didn't. Because I don't get the same feeling out of hardcore that I used to. Sure. And if and if I can just be completely just frank with you, I would much rather go to the Elks Lodge on the north side on banjo night and listen to a bunch of 90-year-olds play um, God Bless America on banjos than I would feel about going to see Converge. Not that I don't like Converge, because I do. I just... <clears throat> There is just an energy about that music. Even though Bane's a super positive band, people that go there, I, I just, I, I, that's not the vibe that I want to take home anymore. Dude, that's how do I, I sound crazy? No, that's how okay. I feel about hardcore in general. I love the music. I do not feel comfortable in the environment, and it just doesn't feel like it's not a place for me. Yeah. Like, I just don't like going to those shows. You know, like, Nails was here a few weeks ago. And I like them enough. Like, they're really, really intense, and that's fun. Great. Like, ah, awesome. I would never go to one of their shows. Like, I know this is going to be a violent mess, and I don't want to be around it. I don't want to see it. And, you know, and then, like, sure enough, the next day I'm hearing about, like, some girl that got punched in the face Mm -hmm. and all this other stuff. And it's like, that's awful. Sure. That's But that's why I didn't want to be there. I don't want to be in that environment. Yeah. But I still really like that music. I don't know. If that makes me... Sound like a baby, whatever. No, I, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not interested in deciphering like what pieces of the DNA of my character make me a poser anymore. Like, <laughs> not interested. Yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. interested in, in, in deciphering that out. I mean, I have friends who I love all the way who are like, if you don't go to this show, you're not punk anymore. Well, how many times can you say that about like a local band showcase on like a Wednesday night that it's going to end at two a.m. like? I mean, I don't even have to wake up for work ever. Like, I don't have to do anything. And, like, I still don't want to stay out at, 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 uh, at Gooski's or at the at the Rock Room or at, uh, I don't know, at Howler's till 2 a.m. Because then i got to drive home. Yeah. And then i got to get out of my car and walk into my house and pet my dog. Not that I don't want to pet my dog, but I just don't, I, yeah, I just don't, I'm not interested. It's hard when, you know, so much of your life and time is consumed like being at shows being on tour you know seeing other bands all the time you know you spend a lot of time around it that you don't always want to spend your free time doing it as well and it makes it since like i want to be as much of a part of this yeah scene as possible yeah but it's like i have so much of my own stuff going on that there's only so much i can do I have this discussion with myself on a regular basis to net to, to ask myself the question um, is it selfish of me? And the answer is yes. Is it selfish of me to only want to create art and not to be involved in an art scene? I think I'm less and less interested in being involved in a scene of music or art than I would be to have an intimate group of people. Like, for example, you're having dinner with me and my family tonight. Yeah. Like, we've invited you here to, like, experience, like, a conversation together and, like, to eat. And, like, have a salad and have delicious spinach lasagna. Like, I'm much more interested in, like, going over to your house. And you say, hey, I have ten people that want to talk about art. Or want to talk about where... You say you have a record club. And you... you Once a month, everybody in the club buys the same hip-hop record. And we all go to your house and we have... Uh, 
chips and salsa and listen to the record together. I'm way more interested in doing that. Sure. I'm way more interested in doing that than going to like some weird basement to hear like eight bands playing one night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm yeah. just more interested in that. I mean, like, that's kind of like the whole reason why I still do this damn show. Yeah. You know, it's because it's and like, I, 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 I like doing this kind of stuff. I still go to basement shows every sure. once in a while. Me too. But it's still like not as often as I, I wish that I could. Yeah. But if I wanted to, I would do it. Yeah. But I don't. Yeah. So. Because I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not craving, I'm not craving, I guess maybe this makes me sound like a jerk. I'm not craving the feeling that I used to get when I went to go see live music. Like it was like a violent act. It was, and it was a violent act to be there. And you don't know what you're going to get into. And you don't know what you're going to see. And you don't know what you're going to hear. Not to say that, I don't mean to say unsafe, but it was just like, a violent act is love is a violent act. You know, like I'm, you don't know what's going to happen. Is that I mean, what, what, what's the band going to sound like? And I need to go ahead and find this new music. I, I mean, you can have it all right here in your hand. Well, no, no, that, that, that's, that's a good segue, actually. It's like, how much of a problem do you think the internet is in influencing those decisions? Sort of like, you know, you can find any band that you want using some stupid Spotify or Pandora playlist. Like, you're constantly being bombarded with music. You know, if you check your Facebook feed, you know, you're probably friends with a couple thousand musicians on the internet that are nice. always posting stuff. So it's like, you don't, we're not young anymore. It's not yeah. like, to find new music, it's not like we're digging through uh, racks of CDs at National Record Mart right. or going to some fire hall show or anything like that, you know? It's uh, it's super easy for us to find stuff. Or if we want to see what a band's like live, you know, we can go on YouTube and get an HD experience to some extent sure. of what a band playing live is like. Very few times am I am I um, very few times am I uh, motivated enough to get out of my little depressed world and like go outside into humanity and find music and go to find a show um i thought it was interesting that last year i did some touring with some folks who are uh, much more um liked than i and um i thought it to be remarkable that there were uh, a significant number of young folk that came to the show who sat in the back on their phones and didn't watch the live music show but when the show was over, they got in line at the, oh, at the merchandising table in the, in the in the in the commerce corner, and bought from the the, the big headlining band all the shirts, no music, but all the shirts, and then waited in line a second time for all, for nearly two hours to take a selfie with the person from the band. Yeah, it's people want to share with the world that they're doing something the, the, and they're a part of something they're in the club but they're not really doing anything no it's just like it's, it, it, that blows my mind more than anything else it's not that i want to be it's not that i'm interested in being in they want to be they want to be in the music scene they want to be seen as the word the aesthetic, is yeah they want to be involved in what it is that's going on to say i was there and here's my proof that i was there 
But are you only doing that to to appease people who you don't know? Like, wow, whenever, whenever, uh, whenever Greg Walker came to St. Louis, I was there, and here's the proof. Do you have that new record? No, I. You know, their their record fell out of the back of a out of a truck. I wouldn't even know to pick it up. Uh huh. You know, it's kind of crazy to me that like the whole thing is just to let the internet know that you were there, but it's only immediate. Because once that picture gets old, oh, and yeah. once something else new and fun and exciting comes and happens to like slobber on your lap, you're just going to go ahead and, and the, jump at that. A problem with young people, it seems, is this like that's the norm. So if, oh, so-and-so got the picture, so I got to get my picture. And then it just creates a domino effect. I saw sure. Brand New at Stage AE I was there. recently. And I was just basically forced to watch the show through other people's cell phones that were in front of me. Yeah. People were just like Snapchatting songs and adding it to their little story. So it's like, you can't even watch that again later. You're just posting that for somebody to see it and get your little view numbers up. And, and that's not like, like that was a $5 basement show. That was a no. fucking $50 show. Oh yeah. Yeah. People paid actual, that's real money. That's a real money ticket price. Yeah. Jeez Louise almighty. Like you paid all that money just to have your phone up in the air. And those pictures aren't that good. And I don't think people really even think about it. You know, it's just like, this is what I'm going to do. i got to show people all at this thing. It was great. I thought they played... I mean, did you agree? I mean, they, they killed it. That was one of the better sets I've seen them play in years. Yeah. I was just really upset that they didn't play any new material. That kind of jagged me a little bit. Tell me about that at the very end of it, that, 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 the, the, uh, the billboard, the, the, the poster. On the, on the, the, with the, oh, yeah. With the, the funeral thing. Yeah. They've been, they've been saying they're breaking up in 2017. They've like pretty much announced that that they're going to be done. Is it hype, or is it? Do you think it's legitimate? I don't know. I mean, I that band perplexes me in many ways because they do things like they'll go out on tour, they'll book a twenty day tour, play three shows, and then cancel it or whatever. Yeah, and or they do things like they they finally release new music. They had the the music for sale at the show, and they didn't play it. I was like. Okay, when are when are you gonna when are you gonna play this stuff? The only reason I honestly even bought tickets to that show was to hopefully hear something new. Yeah, I mean they played a great set. Yeah, but it was still like, how do you do that? This is just a random question. We can just throw it out there. Sure, I love to hear. Um, you've had the opportunity to play bigger shows, smaller shows, shows that aren't even shows. Like you played the Bernie rally. Yeah. I remember. How was that? We should probably talk about that. It was that's amazing. A, that's a unique experience, right? Um, it was, it was, a, it was a high thrill of a lifetime to have somebody that I, that I actually, uh, agree with. I mostly agree with politically, um, being a part of it and being, being, being asked to, to, um, share my art with with people yeah that's awesome it, it blew my it blew my mind i can say that it blew my mind it wasn't uh, at first i tried to downplay and say this isn't a real big deal it, it's a big it's it was a big deal it was a yeah. big for me it was a big deal sure and um for what it is that i believed in for what it is that i believe in and who it is that i believed in at the time it was it was perfect for me i really enjoyed it okay now the question that I'm getting to, I just thought about that and I was like, whoa, sidetrack. Sure. I got to talk about that. But what do you like prefer as a solo artist, like playing these huge, like bigger rooms, you know, or like a coffee shop? Like, um, I'm sure there's pros and cons to both. Sure. 
But it, it's like, do you find it hard for you as yourself to like really take over a gigantic room? Some cases. Um, sometimes I prefer to play in a small little coffee shop. It's all about the vibe that you get, man. Um, I'm all about the vibe. If the vibe is good in the coffee shop and there's 30 people and they're vibing and they're all into it and they're all stoked that you're there, I'd rather play a coffee shop. I played a show in San Diego this year with Leftover Crack and Anti-Flag and I got a beer can thrown at my face from about 30 feet away and it hurt and gave me a big old black eye. Cause, let me give you a little, can I give you a nickel's worth of free advice? Yeah. Don't talk shit on Sublime in Southern California. They'll fucking throw a beer can <laughs> in your face. They'll do it. Uh, I really don't like support. No, I don't either, but don't let them know. If you go to play shows, they just say, yeah, they're a great band. Thanks how, for having us. What? How, how did that, did you just say it? Or? I, well, no, they have a lyric in my song about why I don't like oh. Sublime. Oh, okay. I didn't, and, know, I, um, I didn't realize yeah. that. And uh, <clears throat> beer can to the face. And that was a huge room. I mean, that was, there was 1,100 people. I mean, eventually in that room, when I played, there wasn't that many people in there because I played first of four bands or whatever. I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of winning it over. I like to earn it, man. I, I really do. I like to earn it. If you had a room, say, for example, you were playing a show at uh, Mr. Small's and, 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 and your band is big enough to sell out Mr. Small's Theater and I get to play before you, I love to do that because um, your room of fans might never have heard of me before and I get to go there and give them a, a first impression. Oh, yeah. And like, I think I really, really like to do that. Um but it's awesome. Like we, Gray Walker just played with August Burns Red last week. Okay, how was that? It was awesome. Yeah, you know, what I mean, the Rex was packed, and there's like, we sold a ton of people coming up afterwards. Like, oh, so where are you guys from? We're from here. Hi, hello. Let's get a coffee at Common Place yeah. together. And people were like, whoa, really? It's like, yeah, we play all the time. It's just, it's like the normal person doesn't want to. They don't have any interest in going sure. to a local show. And that's like a whole nother conversation sure <laughs> but it's just like so i we I think the important thing is to realize that that factor exists yeah and to just take advantage of it sure selling tickets is a pain in the ass but sure. it's not that hard if you just put you know you're playing with fucking august burns red you should be able to you should be able to yeah. contribute it's just crazy you know the fact that it's like okay you know we sold like 75 tickets maybe 25 bucks a piece wow. like cake for that but sometimes you know you could have a free show at the goddamn Smiling Moose and no people are like, meh. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. But yeah, I, I like to earn it, man. I like to I like to go there um, to a crowd of folks who I don't know and who don't know me and, and give them the berries. I love to do it. Um, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sure. But I give, I try and, I try and give the same, I try and give the same high energy, the same high, um, uh, Effort, yeah. Whether whether you're playing in a basement show, uh, you know, I, I played a show at City Groves in the basement not too long ago. It was fucking awesome. I don't know. There's maybe thirty people there, Clint. Wouldn't you say? Yep. And uh, it was just great. Played um, um, my friend Heather, who's in Roulette Wave. Have you heard that band yet? I have heard of them. I haven't. Heard they're great. Them, like nineties yeah. grunge yep. alternative. I'm playing with them soon, so they're great. You're gonna love it. It's really really good. Um, yeah, I played played a show with their band. It was awesome. It's really fun. Yeah, I like I like it both. I mean, it's just the vibe. If the vibe's good and the people are there to have a good time and everybody has, um, you know, has that in mind, I, I, I'll i have a ball, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm easy to please. So, any other things you want to drop before we wrap this up? Anything um, Anything you want to talk about? Anything you got to let out? 
I don't think so. I'm 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 happy. I, I love your show. I, I listen to it often. I like to, um, my friends that are on it. Cool. It makes me feel good to <laughs> say stuff, and um, I'm glad that we're able to do this again too. I think um, I think you got a good thing going on. I'm glad to be a part of it. Yeah, thanks for doing it. Yeah, Again. Yeah. Cool. And we can we'll see you in two and a half years whenever yeah. I have another record coming out. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Derek is a really good dude. Wish him nothing but the best with his new album and all of his other endeavors, things that are going on. Yeah, be sure to check out his stuff if you haven't. I'll have links in the episode description and that's about all for today i'll be back again next week hopefully same time same place same channel you know the drill my name is sykes start the beat 2016 Woo! Woo! thanks for listening